You're listening to Sibling Talk with Mary Jo Tumare and John Paulette. Commentary from a progressive point of view. Hello, I'm John Paulette. And I'm Mary Jo Tumare. Mary Jo, puzzle this out with me. Do you think it's possible that Peter Navarro who I believe is the trade representative, certainly an insider in the Trump group, that he went all on his own, did not get clearance from anybody in the White House, and wrote an op-ed for USA Today saying that everything Anthony Fauci, Dr. Fauci, had ever told him was wrong. In the middle of some back and forth about the Washington or uh, about the White House putting out what was essentially opposition research about him, uh, but Trump's still saying, no, everything's okay. And Trump today kind of brushes it away and says, well, you know, he said his his piece. Do you buy all this? No, it's impossible. I mean, there's no way Navarro went out on his own and did that. The White House doesn't operate that way. We know that. And second of all, why would Navarro care except that he was sent down to do the dirty work. It's such a puzzle. And one of the things that's funny about it is tr- uh, Fauci is just truly unflappable. Yeah, exactly. You know? Exactly right. I, You know, Donald Trump chooses to pick a fight with a lot of people. And there are some that we've questioned. Why, why fight with him? But seriously, Dr. Fauci... Right. And he tells the Atlantic, listen, it's kind of a bizarre place to work, but I'm really good at my job. This is a big problem and I'm not going anywhere. And what's Trump supposed to do about that? I mean, I'm sure Trump is considered firing him or trying to figure out how to fire him. But how is he going to fire him, honestly? Well, and we actually know some history about how that works. And we know it from the Mueller report of the number of times that uh, Trump considered firing key people in there and everybody in the White House managed to hold him back and hold him back. We, I think, could almost go back to the Mueller report and read through that and have a pretty good idea of what's going on in the White House right, right now. Yeah, that's probably true. I hadn't really thought about it like that, but... Yeah, I mean, it, and maybe they gave him the stone thing. Okay, do the stone thing. But you've got to leave Fauci alone. Yeah. Every people, let me say it differently. Every thinking person who works in the White House, and I don't know how many of those there are left, has to understand what a terrible situation the virus has put Trump in, which is a weird way to put it because that's how Trump views it. Like yeah. the virus is fault and this is the virus has done to me. But stepping back just from a pure uh, naked politics, yes, this coronavirus and what's happened has badly, badly damaged Trump. And what more could he do? How could he make it worse? Firing Fauci. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. And it's always, you know, a question in our minds, I think. Could Donald Trump do anything worse? And every time we've asked that, of course, he he has, you know, a rational person would say, 
Mr. President, you're in trouble. You did not create this uh, virus. Frankly, China didn't either, but whatever that, that might be. But right now, you have got to put every bit of energy you have into getting this under control. That would be the thing that people would point to and say, he did, did the job. And apparently, all the information is there. Dr. Neufeld from uh, CDC says, seems like a guy we ought to believe, if we would all wear masks within about six to eight weeks, we could have the virus under control. Makes sense. We now know if we shut down the economy judiciously and we hold to it, when we look at what's happening in New York, we looked at New Jersey, we look at Illinois, frankly, it can be done. Look at countries all over the place. Not only could it be done, it could be done before the election. But he doesn't do it. And that, I think, will be one of those mysteries that hangs out there for historians for years to come. Because it's a difficult problem to solve. I'm not saying that. But the leadership issues don't, on the surface, appear to be that difficult. Following science, that's would would be the way that you would manage a crisis like that. But I think following science for Trump is difficult. He's um, inclined to think he's the smartest guy in the room. Remember early on when he said something like, I really understand this stuff. And people are like, oh, why do you understand this stuff? Like, well, you know, anybody can kind of understand it if you read it. But I wouldn't rely on my advice. Yep. But <laughs> if you remember, you wasn't it his uncle was, oh, a, yeah. was a doctor? Uh, or scientist or something. Or, or yeah. scientist or something ludicrous. No, you're at the right question. You know, why? Why does this go on? Does he simply not understand it? Uh, do all of his instincts just go in the right, wrong direction? You know, we kind of keep looking sometimes for some kind of motivation, which is, you know, what takes us back to Russia all the time. That at least gives a plausible reason. But they just do stuff. I'm meaning Trump here and the others with him, because I want to include in the conversation. Have you seen Ivanka Trump's new campaign? Yeah, I did. Uh, with so many people unemployed, have said, go get a better job. Uh, <laughs> you know, get, I, I'm like stammering. The whole point of it seems to be, I know you didn't work very hard in high school or afterwards because you're kind of lazy, you know, but maybe this is a good moment to, to go and get two years of tech school and bring yourself up in the world. This is a great country. And you someday... Well, probably not you, because you're not the daughter of the president, but you could be as successful as I am, I guess. Is you know, it's funny. It, it is the message. It's so tone deaf coming from her. Yeah. So in other words, I think you and I have had conversations. I know I've had them with other people that if I were running the government, and I just want you to know that no one has called to ask me for this advice. So I'm giving Interesting. you tonight. Nope. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just saying, nobody has asked me. But either. anyway, I would make available money for everybody who wants to go back to school, technical school, college. I wouldn't even say no English degrees. I would just say 
go to school, you're sitting around, you know, you're not working because of the virus and this take this opportunity because the world is going to need a lot of educated people. Yes. And so, but for me to say that, you, I don't think you hear that as some toned up, like reinvent yourself. It's the perfect opportunity. It's like, what are we going to do as a society to make sure that we are using our human capital? But with Havanka, it's again, it's, I use the word tone, or the expression tone deaf, because coming from her, it just feels like such a dilettante talking to all these lazy people who are waiting tables and say, why don't you become a plumber? Because you know the world needs a lot of plumbers, and yeah. plumbers make really good money. Yeah, yeah. And that's the that's the way it sounded. You know, she may, I don't know her, obviously. She seems, like, really vacuous to me. But maybe that was her idea. Like, this is an opportunity for people to remake themselves. But she's not the messenger. No. And it, it just didn't work. And because it comes within the context of so much that is tone deaf, Donald Trump standing up and saying a lot of white people get killed as well. More white, white people. Donald, it's, it's not the point. Why didn't you just go ahead and say all lives matter so you can right. fit within that, uh, within that group? You know, continuing to hold up this importance of the Confederate flag. Donald Trump was never down in those Southern states until he ran for president. He has no, no connection to that, except that he knows that that that's, you know, it's the word we use all the time. That's his base. And so all of these, when you put it in that context are just endlessly, endlessly tone deaf. Yeah, they are. And it's so cynical. You know, one of the things, and I, I don't remember whose book this was in, but was talking about how Trump used to make fun of Jeff Sessions, poor Jeff Sessions, and um, made fun of Jeff Sessions' accent, said it made him sound stupid. This is so insulting to Southerners because Jeff Sessions had a hardcore Southern accent. Mm. But that's what Trump, as the kind of elitist Northerner, thought. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, exactly. And, you know, and how he turned on Sessions and listen, no slimier human in the world than Jeff Sessions. No. So I guess he got what he deserved. But um, nonetheless, to back to your point about, you know, utilizing the South or these are my people or, you know, the, to be anybody other than what Trump is, which is a moneyed New York elitist. Right. It's just so cynical and. I think, John, that a lot of the answers to these questions, weirdly, are going to be found in Mary Trump's book. I do, too. And I, uh, I have to make two admissions. First, I am going to buy Mary Trump's book. Uh, Good. The, Good. Yeah, I can lend it to you afterwards. Uh, uh, I just uh, finished Jonathan Carl's book, which I found really, really worthwhile. So I've got a fever for Trump books here. Uh, the other admission I have to make this morning as I read the paper, I found myself for just a moment feeling bad for Jeff Sessions. And fortunately, that lasted about a second. I know. <laughs> I had like, the same experience. I was like, 
Oh my God, Jeff Sessions really because he did one right thing in his life, then yeah. Trump just destroyed him. On the other hand, Jeff Sessions is such an apologist for Trump and the Trumpism, and yeah. he stuck with it till the end. Even his concession speech basically said, "I was Trump before Trump was Trump." Absolutely. And one final guy before we leave. Do you remember Ronnie Jackson? I think I oh yes, one, who was the doctor who supposedly said Trump was more fit than like any human being. Yes. Am I, am I getting well, it appears he's running for Congress. Who yes. knew? And right? he won his primary last night. He won his primary. And along with that, he went on television and told people they did not need to wear a mask unless they wanted to. Now, I mean, we're getting to a level on this where my two chihuahuas asked to wear a mask before they go out. <laughs> the president wears a mask. Everybody wears a, a mask. But Ronnie, that great medical leader uh, that we remember, he doesn't think we need to. So now you know why they have to destroy Fauci. That's oh, sad. Absolutely. Sad. And I have a feeling we're going to see that happen this week. Sooner, yeah, than, sooner than later. Uh, it's going to it's going to go on. So, well, we still have many things to uh, to think about. Yeah. OK, Just we'll do more that to talk tomorrow. about. OK, right. bye. bye. Sibling Talk is a JMP production. The theme song from Sibling Talk was written by David Paulette.